Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well. Welcome to our Christmas special for 2023. Also, the big match preview on uh, this evening's show. We'll look ahead briefly uh, to the game with Burton Albion at the Valley uh, on Saturday. We'll talk about the departure, of course, uh, of Charlie Kirk, whose uh, contract was ripped up uh, yesterday. And we will have our Christmas fun and games. We've got our Christmas quiz uh, later on in the show, which you will all be able to play along with uh, in the comments. Uh, and we'll end with our Christmas montage as well. So joining me uh, to do that, we've got a bit of a, a packed screen, uh, as you can see, because we need uh, some winning participants for the, for the quiz. Um, so just across the top there, good evening, Mark. How are you? I'm good, mate. Full of Christmas spirit, obviously. As, as I can see, probably vodka, I'm, I'm guessing. And also top right there, Tom Wallian. How are you doing, Tom? Terrified about this quiz. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Bottom right, Santa hat, Ben Cloak. How you doing, Ben? I'm all good. Everyone in their house should have some Christmas twiglets. Come on, guys, get them ready. Yeah, Ben's got the twiglets going again. And then bottom left is the uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. How you doing, Luke? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. Merry Christmas, all. Yeah, Merry Christmas, one and all. Mar- Murray Anderson saying, where's Wallin's Christmas jumper? Uh, yeah, come on, come on, Scrooge. Where's, where's your Christmas jumper? Uh, it's upstairs. Simple as that. Just didn't get it. <laughs> too lazy, too lazy to go upstairs. Uh, so yeah, yeah, good evening to everyone who's joining us in the chat as well. Sam's uh, in there, Jim, Paul's in there, Lucas is joining us uh, from out in Brazil. Good to see you, Lucas. Alan's in there, all hell let loose. Uh, Andrew, uh, Paul, uh, yeah, Marianne, uh, A. Saunders, uh, loads of people in there. L. Sheffy asking what's Mark going to be cooking for, for Christmas dinner. Well, we will find out maybe uh, later on in the show. So, like I say, we'll, we'll have our Christmas fun and games uh, in the second half of the show. Uh, if you guys uh, want to have your say, though, on what's happened over the last few days, then uh, feel free to do so. The first and uh, probably uh, biggest bit of news this week, of course, um, is the departure of Charlie Kirk, Mark. Um, he, his contract ripped up, obviously, so we've come to some sort of settlement so it would have would have involved paying off some of his contract if not all of it obviously much more likely some of it a portion of it um yeah what's your initial reaction to the departure strange timing was my initial reaction um that close to a window where you're thinking possibly you could get him out of the door then but you know if there's no interest then it's off the books i feel a little sad for him that it never worked out but you know life moves on then it'll move on without him so mm. yeah i mean it's it, i think it's become clear now that in, in the summer window we were unable to, to move him on you know i see a couple of people saying why didn't we hang on to the window to see if we could get a fee tom but the answer is we couldn't get a fee you know that's that's just the way it's going obviously charlie's 
you know, without knowing the exact numbers, Charlie's Charlie's wages would have been a problem for a lot of clubs that he was likely to be shipped out to. So in a way, I mean, I mean, Jim's saying uh, he sees it as a positive step in the right direction. It's certainly we needed him off the books. He wasn't going to play much of a part, as as Michael Appleton told me after the the Cray game. You know, we we were very very unlikely to see him again. So the fact we've been able to get rid of him and now we can sort of look back at him as a unfortunately an expensive mistake but, but at least at least he is now off the books and hopefully in some way that allows a little bit more wriggle room for bringing other people in yeah exactly that I, I think I said it a few weeks ago on the pod that you know first and foremost we're all Charlton fans so our um what we want from from football is for Charlton to do well and and sadly for Charlie Kirk that means him not being at the club and freeing up that those wages um I don't think any of us hopefully or not certainly I don't hold a grudge against him uh, I'm sure he came in and wanted it to work. He obviously came in in difficult circumstances and it, and it hasn't worked. I, I think some of the way he has performed has not been good enough. Um, but ultimately, this is probably the right decision for everybody. If he goes on and does well somewhere else, fair play to him. Uh, and with him not here, as you say, we've now got some wages, hopefully, to work with. And the big thing now is that Appleton needs that money and they need to give it to him and let him get some players in who actually can impact the team going into the second half of the season. Can you put your finger on Ben why it never worked for for Charlie? You know, I guess we, we've all been hypothesising about it for for pretty much the entire time we've been here. Obviously, as as Tom mentioned, there he came in in difficult circumstances. You know, lo- losing losing his father very shortly before moving the length of the country. But you know, we're still what well, we two, two two and a bit years hence, and and there's still been no no clear improvement whatsoever. Well, the change of managers obviously hasn't helped, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, a move down from the north because he seemed to do quite well when he went on loan to Blackpool, didn't he? Um, maybe not settling so well. I know he had quite a good friendship with Salavel when he was here, so that would have been good for him to kind of make some friends and make it your home. Um, it's tricky to put your finger on it, isn't it? Because we've had players come down from that have lived up north and then they've lived up to expectations. There was quite a bit of hype around him at the time. And look, we weren't playing well. So we were looking to him as kind of someone who can uh, turn those draws into wins as such. And then obviously, what? how many managers have we had under him? About four or five managers. Um, and they've all kind of had the same reaction from him, really. We haven't, apart from that Burton game, when he turned into Messi for one half, we, we haven't really seen much from him, have we? So, yeah, it's hard to put your finger on, really. I'll just maybe... Not settling down, obviously, as Tom said, with his with his dad passing away before he before he came here, that was hard for him to adjust to. Um, but yeah, look, he's he's a human being. At the end of the day, we don't know him off the field. We're a Charlton fan, seeing him on the field, and it just hasn't been good enough. So, wish him all the best, and hopefully, it works out for him somewhere else. Yeah, Michael's saying. Uh, I think at this point, it's as much about him and where he needs to go for himself, is it? is for what we can get out of it. Dean's saying it's the best uh, Christmas present uh, yet. The, the fact that he is um, he, he is off Charlie Kirk. Um, Jake reckons it, it could have been done a couple of years earlier. I sympathise with his circumstances, but his attitude on and off the pitch was appalling. Uh, his social media uh, was always uh, very uh, telling. 
Uh, Murray's saying I've got to ask Ben a question every time he's got a twiglet in his mouth. To be fair to me, like Ben's always got a twiglet in his mouth, so the show will be very quiet. Ben, ben just wouldn't be involved if I don't ask him when he's got when he's got a twiglet in his uh, in his mouth. Jake's saying um, I wish him the best, but fundamentally, if you're a winger, you don't tackle or take players on, then you're never going to reach your uh, potential. Mr. Barnsley, the Barnsley fans join us again, saying Merry Christmas from Mr. Barnsley fan. Merry Christmas to all of you up at Oakwell. Um, Lewis, it's. It's, it's a shame the way it worked out, but some of those displays are the reason we got here as well. Like we 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 can't we can't gloss over the the performance against Cray Valley at the at the Valley and some of the other times we've seen him in it. Well, pretty much the majority of the times we've seen him in a Charlton shirt, and that's before you even add in. I mean, someone someone mentioned Jake mentioned about the social media stuff. Obviously, the himself and I think it was his partner getting involved more so that's just, when you see that sort of stuff you're thinking right it's probably not going to work out here is it yeah I think it was all kind of dwindling down eventually his his time here um I wouldn't have been so I mean obviously I was expecting him to go in January I think like most people were um I think it's pretty obvious that his his future lies away from from Charlton um five managers can't can't get a tune out of him I think the correct going back to what you say about the Cray game, I felt like that was that sort of epitomised that maybe he kind of lost lost a bit of belief in himself as well, and that maybe he is thinking this is the wrong place for me, which maybe is why it's been it's been done now as opposed to in the window that he's kind of held his hands up and gone, look, this isn't working for me. I'll I'll terminate on these terms, and the club have gone, yeah, fine, and it's and it's freeing up space for for something that's going to make make us better, um, which is the most important thing, I think. One thing that we've seen out of out of Appleton is that he's quite ruthless, and if if people aren't performing for him or, or putting in that desired effort, you know, all players are entitled to off days. But if the effort and the desire is not there, then Appleton, I think more than more than most managers we've had recently, have really questioned mentality of players when when the performances haven't been there. And I don't think um, Charlie did himself any favors. Um, there's always been opportunity for him to get into the side, especially when we've been the team we are with the injuries we deal with and and being short of players in certain areas and out wide, especially we, we've seen managers turn to other options ahead of Charlie, even players that maybe aren't playing their positions. Alfie May is an example playing out wide recently. So he's really far down the pecking order. Um, and yeah, as you say, a lot of that is going to come down to, to performances. Um, and I think maybe the attitude that he has at the moment, whilst He's obviously he came with some promise. So there's a player in there. It feels like maybe he never really got out of second gear here. And that's affected him mentally, which has then in turn probably affected his drive and desire to to play for this football club. And it's all, you know, as you said, it, it's been quite an expensive mistake and he'll move on now. We'll wish him well. And hopefully whatever we freed up will be reinvested smartly by by Andy Scott, and Michael Appleton, whoever's going to make that decision. Yeah, and that's obviously the most important thing now. I mean, Alan said that he never, he never tried. Dan reckons that when he was uh, even playing with the under twenty ones for minutes, he looked like the worst player on the pitch with no energy uh, and no drive. Uh, Jay says I don't think he wanted to be at Cheltenham from day one. It's a waste of talent uh, and from money. And Andrew completely agrees with what Jay said uh, there. I mean, Murray saying he's got to be careful. He doesn't slip down into in, into non league, you know. And well, he'll certainly have to buck his idea ideas up. You know, the the assumption will be now. I mean. All hell let loose is saying, could it be he was approaching an additional payment to crew based on appearances? Well, you can sort of guarantee he never would have got any anywhere near those appearances with us anyway. So I don't think that was the thing. Well, if you think if you think if you think about it logically, so let's say he's come to an agreement and let's just guess that he's agreed to be paid off until 
the end of this season, but also he's now free to sign for another club in January. That would effectively mean, let's say he signed a two-year deal with someone in January, he'd be getting all of this year's money, plus the money he'd be paid by his new club, plus an, an extra year on the end of that. So, you know, or even a third year, you know, that, the, these things can work out in the, uh, in, in the, um, in the favour of the player. And, and obviously Cheltenham have had to probably take some sort of hit on that. Uh, Dan saying, uh, not to forget the fact the owners have gone out and spent money with a settlement. Can we see that as big intent from the ownership uh, to free up wage bill for FFP? I mean, it's certainly important to free up as much money as possible in wriggle room if that's how it's going to work out. I don't really understand exactly what it means if you've paid someone off in terms of um, the FFP. Like, if, if, if it means, you know, you have to do it over installments or anything like that. Mark, but yeah, the, the important thing is, as we say, is that that we, we we back it up now. You know that that was one of the big things we had to do was get get him off the wage bill eventually. So now we've got to actually use that money wisely and make sure that our our uh, signings are, are slightly higher quality than what we've been used to in a few state in you know over the last few years. Yeah, hopefully they've already got their eye on one or two who could fill that gap. I mean, it's hard to see where he's. You say about you know he might have a couple of years money coming in, but it's hard. Can't see anyone in our league going for him, so it means he's going to drop down. You know, he could end up at Gillingham as well. Seems to be where everyone goes now. Um, yeah, it's as not you want the work to be done early. You want them to be looking at someone and thinking, right, let's get them in and get in soon. I, I hate the window in as far as you're constantly scrolling and watching and seeing and rumours coming in and this player and that player. You're thinking, get it early, like we did with Alfie. And, you know, Ben Appleton's got weeks to work with him. Don't wait to the end of it, you know, and just and hope that we're not just going to rely on one of our kid wingers coming out through the um, under-21s or under-18s just to make up the numbers. Yeah, certainly. Right, Ben says, Merry Christmas all. Got some transfer news uh, from my mate who is the agent of Corey Blackett-Taylor. There's a lot of interest around him, but he likes how the reshape is looking under Appleton. Likes the fans too, as we've been good to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the sort of thing an agent says when he's trying to negotiate a new contract and also when he's got loads of interest uh, elsewhere. So I wouldn't read too much into what the man whose job it is to get as much money as possible for Corey Blackett-Taylor um, would be saying on that front because, yeah, you know, there was a false rumour going around the other day that he had signed a new deal. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Murray said it is important to tie down Corey and Dobbo uh, to new to new contracts. All hell let loose. So maybe we could uh, use the savings on Kirk's uh, wages to improve the offer to CBT. Well, we'll see exactly um, how that works out. Um, Patrick says, interested to see how this window goes with Michael being there for the whole thing. Uh, the owners getting a full window this time too. People forget they had no time uh, when Sangard left. Yeah, but also, I mean, then people will still sort of look at the the fact they knew they were coming in for months upon months and, and therefore you would have hoped they would have, I don't know, d- done a bit of work it line, leaning up to, to when they finally came in. And obviously we we did the scores of how the transfer window went um, in the in the summer, Tom, and, and we didn't give great scores for the ones that came in under the new ownership. And obviously, you know, slightly different constraints, but but Andy and his team were here last January as well, when we had a, a very poor window as well. So, you know, Michael said it himself, the win- the, the windows have got to be better than the last couple. Michael Appleton said that. It, it doesn't need us to point it out when the club are saying it themselves. They know they've got to follow up the words now. Yeah, yeah. And Kirk, as I say, Kirk going frees up a little bit, but it's got to be far bigger than that. I think it was after Cambridge, wasn't it? Because I was on, on the pod and, and properly miserable when I said, like, it's probably eight or nine transfer windows in a row have been poor. And that's why we're still in League One. Is this fourth season in a row, maybe? 
Um, and that's not good enough for for, for us. We, we feel like we should be a championship side or a side, sorry, and certainly we want to be a championship side. And you'd argue ever since we've come down, the transfer windows haven't been good enough because if they were, we'd be back up there. So, yeah, it's massive. It's massive. And, and as I said on that post-Cambridge show, when you're changing owners every two or three years and you're changing manager every six months, how are you ever supposed to have any sort of consistency to bring in a set of players? Because every manager's working with three or four sets of managers' players. And uh, that's been the problem. And that's a systemic problem. And if these owners can make a good window this this uh, this uh, January, and if they can do another one in the summer and then another one next January, whichever league we're in next year, then there's a bit of progression there and there's a bit of consistency. But until that happens... I just don't see us making any real inroads unless we get lucky one year, which who knows, maybe this will be the year. So yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And and Andy Scott's got a big job on his hands because he's sort of built himself up and, you know, his reputation will be on the line with these transfers. You'd have to think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Patrick's saying, obviously they they weren't allowed to do like approach players or anything before they t- they they completed the takeover, which is, yeah, which is clear. But also you'd think you'd hope they would have had like a list of, of targets that would have ended up with us getting better when, when they came in. But look, that's all in the past now, as Tom, goes um what happens next is is uh is important and and you know it has it has to be it has to be the january and the summer windows have to be good enough to get us in and around the mix you know murray's saying the back four needs sorting out this time yeah there's, there's still room for improvement there massively um <laughs> uh, patrick saying a question for the whole group louis but i'm going to put it to ben would you sell Corey for jez if that was an option uh, i know jez is injured at the moment i think so um i'm not sure it is an option but it, it, I mean, I, I just don't think that's 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 a realistic question, Ben. Really, unfortunately, just because of the fact that I, I, I think Jez is probably setting his sights higher than signing signing for a League One side when when he was back fees. But I think he played a couple of Premier League games this season. Don't know who. It was really I no idea. Yeah, yeah. It was really odd with Jez, wasn't it? Because he was linked with Leicester all summer, and then for some reason uh, that that club decided not to. Uh, loan him out because that seemed a natural progression for him. You see it happen, don't you? If a player does well in League One, they go up to the Championship, and um, that that club, their manager, actually really slated him uh, when he came on as a sub. And then just after that, he then got injured and hasn't featured at all since. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a shame because um, I mean he was brilliant for us, wasn't it? And now his progression has stopped. Uh, would I have him instead of CBT? Yes. Um, well, if he was our player, then of course, because he's young and then there's a progression there of a player who consistently did it well for us last mm. season. But as you said, that's pie in the sky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, excellent. Right. I uh, had an email from Clive said it's neither optimistic or pessimistic to say we will not reach the playoffs. It's just realistic. My own stats uh, will reflect exactly that. The division is settling down now as we approach Christmas. We're still sitting in 10th. Uh, this is very likely where we will finish. That should not stop us from hoping for more and cheering on the lads to do more. It's not negative, uh, as I think you implied when somebody else suggested this. Uh, I mean, that's not, I, I, I wouldn't have implied it was negative for people to uh, uh, cheer on the fans or anything like that. But uh, he says, I think we now have an ownership which understands where we are in contrast to well-meaning Thomas wearing his rose-tinted spectacles. So at least uh, we have a touch of reality. My belief is that the new regime will invest, but softly, softly over a period of a few years. So please do not expect... Uh, top six investment in the new year. We're looking likely at a few transfer windows before we get to that stage. There is cause for optimism 
we're in a better place than 12 months ago. In another 12 months, we might be getting even nearer to sixth place. At the moment, we must temper our expectations because our higher expectations and negativity when they are not achieved is almost certainly affecting the players. Uh, keep up the faith and the good work. That's from that's from Clive. But like I said, you know, me being negative about the fact that we're at our lowest point ever on the field of play is, you know, I, I think that's probably to be expected. And also, I don't think it has the effect that people have. The, 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 the lack of investment over, over years or poor investment over years is, is, is the reason we find ourselves at the lowest point uh, we've we've ever been on the field of play and the longer that goes on you know and this is realism the longer that goes on the worst position uh, we'll find ourselves in but we do need to start looking ahead to Saturday uh, home game with Burton Abbey and our last game of course before uh, Christmas uh, Lewis uh, yeah looking forward to this one obviously a Burton side who are managerless uh, after Dino Marmaris was was let go a couple of weeks ago they've lost uh, each of their last five games uh, in League One and six of their last seven they're seven without a win the only point they picked up in that time was a goalless draw uh, at home to Leighton Orient. They're sitting, I think, four points above the, the relegation zone. Um, so this is an example, Lewis, of where we have to be pretty ruthless. Yeah, exactly that. You know, especially with it being at home, you you need to take advantage of, of other teams um, being in, in difficult positions. Um, they're always a, a side that seem to to turn it on against us every now and then. You know, we've, the lot when they had, uh, Deji Oshalaja playing for them I think last season I think it's the best I've ever seen him play um, and he seems to play everywhere for them as well <laughs> just as like he turned the best football you've ever seen um, so I don't think it would be easy I, I think you know when we come up against a side that's going through a bad patch they always seem to to come good against us it just seems to be the Charlton way um, they're going to have a bit of motivation behind it I suppose to come and try and kick on they've made that managerial change um, I don't know how close they are to appointing a replacement, but seen a few fairly decent managers linked to that job, which you know never really means anything when it comes from the bookies. But they seem to have this appeal to to players and, and managers every now and then. But and so I never really take them for granted because we always seem to always seems to be a good game, but we always do seem to struggle. And with them signing Carl Stotson in the summer as well, I think I said before we went on air, he only ever scores bangers, and they always seem to come against us. So I'm expecting at least one sort of 40-yard screamer into the top corner on Saturday. So at least we know we're going to have to score at least two to, <laughs> to win the game. But, um, yeah, look, it's going to be a tough test. It'd be nice to start the Christmas, you know, congested fixture list up with a with three points at home, send everyone away merry uh, into, into Christmas and then kick on to Boxing Day. But I don't think it's going to be easy regardless of their situation. Yeah, Ben says these clubs' previous results mean nothing when they come up against us. But we do, I mean, we do have a decent record against them at the Valley. The Pirelli, we always seem, it does feel like we struggle a lot. Um, we had that free all game, uh, didn't we? Uh, well, the one where Charlie Kirk scored twice. So it was one of the greatest days in the club's history, and we still managed to to, to not win, of course. Um, Dan saying it's the perfect set of form for us to give them the, the, the free points as well. So they've got a caretaker manager uh, at the moment in uh, Gary Mills. Uh, yes, yeah, so I haven't seen who's linked with him yet, actually, as well. But I mean, focusing on ourselves, Mark. Obviously, you know, we're six, we're six games undefeated in League One, although having only won two of those nine points off the playoffs. But we are strong at home, you know, and 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 it's important that we 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 start off this festive period. You, we we don't want to be going into this run of run of quick fire games because obviously we've got four now. But so we're on the twenty first, and by the time we get to New Year's Day and play Oxford, that'll be our fourth game in that time. So. We, we don't want to start it with, with poor momentum or, or a defeat against a side that are really struggling. No, that's it. I mean, that's the nail on the head. You've really got to start that first game. It doesn't really matter who you're playing. That first game 
when you've got so many close together, is the important one. Because if you draw, you might go, oh, okay, we've got another three games, and you know, you start looking. No, no, win your first one, take the confidence, take the momentum to Orient, and then move it on like that. So, yeah, it's, I can't see Appleton sort of like planning a four game period, if you know what I mean, sort of like bring someone into this game back. I'm thinking it's very much he's going to go, right, who's going to do me for this game? And then who picks up a knock? What do I have to tweak? Where can I move it? You know, he's not been a wholesale change. We've, we've seen Fraser drop in and out. Watson up front is really sort of like the same characters. Defensively, we look a little more solid now. I don't know if um, Jones is back, but uh, it's... Uh, the first game's the important one. Let's just get any win. I don't care how scrappy, whatever. Like like Lewis said, you know, guaranteed Stockton's going to get one, but I think Alfie May will get two. So mm. fingers crossed. I mean, Patrick and all hell let loose are both asking if there's likely to be any players back from from injury. But I, I I'm I'm fairly confident Michael, when we last spoke to him, said that no one was due back until the new year at, at the earliest. So I know there's a couple who've been out on the grass, but even then. They'll probably give them a bit of, bit of time to recover. But we'll see how it works out. Obviously, no no press conference until uh, tomorrow. Alan's saying if we lose that one, we might as well uh, give up, <laughs> which is uh, which is probably the case. Robert says uh, it depends uh, which players turn up on Saturday. We shouldn't uh, be losing this one. Uh, Jake said we, do, we should expect six points against Orient and Burton come short against many sides, but we shouldn't struggle against. Uh, if we can't beat the top six sides, then we have to consistently beat these teams. And that's why... The run between now and New Year's, so obviously Oxford on, on New Year's Day is a tough one, but you know, we've been saying it quietly. All three of these sides that we're playing, including Bristol Rovers on, on the Friday, are all below us, Tom. So like we, we have we have to make the most of this period. You know, Christmas periods can be, you know, and I've said it a hundred times, like we're we're teetering on the edge of being out of the playoff race already. So we can't but we if you win three games in a row, then it can change things surprisingly quickly. So Let's hope we can do that, albeit with a squad that's struggling a little bit from injuries going into this this pretty busy period. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if it's based on anything other than just a hunch, but I don't feel like we ever seem to do well over this period of, of the season. Um, you're right, if if we can get three wins, I think we've got Port Vale after Oxford as well, haven't we? I know they're not low down, but again, they're below us in the table. So there's a lot of games coming up against the sides below. And given our record against the sides above us, that's that's got to be a good thing. So, yeah, it starts here. They've lost five league games in a row or five games in a row. They're there for the taking. We have to make that home advantage count. We have to kick that run off. Um, and as we were saying on the other show, we haven't lost a lot of league games recently, even if we haven't been winning them either. So go into that, kickstart this little period go away to Orient. Again, I know our away record isn't great, so for that and Bristol, it, it, it's slightly tougher, but there's still teams that you're looking at at the start of the season and thinking we, we should be beating them. So, yeah, you go into that New Year's Day game with uh, with nine points out of nine and suddenly it's very, very different. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, at this stage, it's a bit like the other week. It's At this stage of it all, it's it's uh, encouraging and it's exciting, but then when you go and lose on, on Saturday, you're then like, oh, God, we've got to have two games in a week and we're really struggling. So, uh I'm still in the hope stage at the moment, but we'll see how long that lasts. Mm. Yeah, Mark. Mark talking about Boxing Day is put in our chat. He's going. He's going all the way back to about 2003, though. To be fair, that we beat Chelsea that time, but that was nice. That was a nice one. Uh, Michael says, "I don't think we ever do well at any point in the season." To be fair, um, Alfie going through a bit of a goal drought. All hell let loose. As pointed out, is he has gone an entire game without a goal now, which is very concerning. Uh, Andrew would like to see him play in ten. 
I mean, it, we'll have the whole Tedich argument again, won't we? Again, so it sounds like the club are trying to move him back to City in the window, but it's an interesting one because while we're in the current situation, I'm not saying that Tedich is... is exactly playing very well but once he goes we, we don't have a great deal up top until reinforcements come so it'd be interesting to see how the timing uh, of that works over the next few weeks if he does go back Patrick said again to the group we haven't had the best uh, this season away from for, uh, away from from home uh, would you say Wigan away was the best we played or would we say Barnsley Saturday was our best performance funny enough I had this chat with I think Tell after the game on Saturday we were trying to decide if that was our best overall away performance this season because we actually played pretty well for the majority of the 90 minutes whereas Wigan we played really well for 45 kept him at arm's length for 30 and then collapsed for 15 so yeah it was certainly up there I, I, I did think we, we played well and then Alan points out we need wins draws are like uh, defeats in the end um yeah I mean Jake saying Carney better than Tedich in the nine role is, is that how you'd go Louis uh, who's next Ben for the um for the for the game on on the on the Saturday yeah, I'd like to see that um, Carney given that role to start the game, uh, just simply because the last couple of games when he's come on, he's done well. Now, obviously, we see occasions when Aniki comes on and does well, or Miles comes on and does well, and they don't do it from the start. But, I mean, Tedich has had his go at the start on Saturday. OK, it was against a team that knew him quite well, because he was there last season, but... Yeah, I mean, if that little shot from Tedich from the edge of the area on Saturday goes in, that might give him the confidence he needs to give him that boost to crack, uh, kick on with the rest of his career here. But uh, you just don't see it, do you, really? I mean, the goal he did score for us was a scuff shot that rolled into the corner. Um, and he, apart from that, he's not really getting on the ball that much. With Carner, you do see him... See that desire, don't you? He's, I think I said it on Sunday show. He's hungry. You can see he wants to be on the ball. He's a bit like Alfie Mays, kind of maybe learning from him to see Alfie Mays' hunger to get on the ball, be about the place and, and making runs, causing defence problems. You just don't see that with Tedich. I don't know, as you said earlier, does he know his time's up and he's going to go back to Man City? Uh, but yeah, I'd start with Daniel. Like He's hungry, he's ready to go and... Um, off the back of that loan, he's got a bit of uh, confidence now. So it'd be nice to see how him and Alfie link up. Excellent. Now, Sam said he wouldn't let Tedich go until we sign uh, a decent striker. Like I say, if, if that will be the case, we'll find out uh, over the next few weeks. Right, we're going to have a quick break here uh, on Charlton Live. When we come back, we will turn our attention uh, to this year's Christmas quiz. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your match day routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. As I said, this is our Christmas uh, special uh, this year, so um, we will be having our, our Christmas quiz very shortly. Just a couple of reminders before we start. Um, the Supporters Trust are collecting for Greenwich Food Bank uh, behind the West Stand uh, on Saturday again. So if you can donate some food stuffs or some money to them, uh, feel free to do so. Also, this will be our last live stream uh, of 2023. Uh, I am giving the guys uh, Christmas Eve off because uh, I'm not that much of a Scrooge. So, yeah, um, this will be our last one. So don't expect to see us uh, Sunday morning, Christmas Eve uh, morning. I might put out some match reaction just as a podcast, depending on if it's a really good match. If it's not, I probably won't bother because it saves me a little bit of work uh, over Christmas as all. Well. But, yeah, thanks to, to everyone who's joined us throughout the year. Uh, and traditionally, at this time of year, we have our, our Christmas quiz, which I always, uh, always enjoy. Um, I've split the guys into two sets of teams. So... Bear with me while I go and try and pronounce one of the most confusing names I've ever I've ever got. For some reason, I can't say this. But uh, the, the two sets of teams are Ben and Lewis and Mark and Tom. I did a, a full-blown draw uh, on Excel uh, and sent the guys a video proof of who they landed with. Uh, and I also flipped a coin, which I also videoed to prove I wasn't cheating, to see which team went into column one and column two on the questions. Uh, so they can't argue that one set of questions is harder than the other because, uh, well, it's just pure luck who gets them. So Ben and Lewis... All right, Ben, I'm going to give you the chance to tell us what your team name is, because I can't pronounce it. It's a McGrandini ho-ho-ho. After the <laughs> Conor McGrandles, he's like me and Lewis's hero. So we've uh, tried to make it Christmassy as well. Excellent. We well, deserve to lose purely uh, based on that. And then Mark and Tom are the other team. Um, Mark, do you want to share us your, your team name? Yes, we're the Elfie May Appreciation Society. Elfie May Appreciation Society. So there you can go. I've got a screen uh, there with the. Uh, I've just I've shortened it to appreciators because it wouldn't fit on my on my little scoreboard there. But I'll I'll pop that up uh, during the course of the quiz. Now the quiz is uh, ten questions uh, per team. Uh, some of them uh, audio questions, which we'll hear throughout the the show. Um, some of them are questions based on this season. There's uh, one round that I've based. Uh, on uh, Charlton history to see who knows as much as I do. Uh, we've got a Charlie Kirk special round because he left this week, so I thought it'd be nice to celebrate his uh, departure with a, a couple of quiz uh, questions on his behalf uh, as well. So, uh, as I said, it's the Magrandini Ho-Hos, oh, yeah, that's terrible, who are going to go first. Uh, one thing I, I can say, so in the comments, feel free to guess your answers as you go across. So, um, there is a setting on the website which means I can click that these guys can't see your comments. So don't worry about commenting and guessing. Um, I, I should check, guys, have you seen any of these comments throughout the show that you can't see them? 
No, we're clear. No, we're clear. All right. No, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'd say if I didn't know the answer to any questions and needed help as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you guys want to play along at home, when I start answering, uh, asking the questions, st- stick your answers in the chat. We can, I can give prize. Well, I can, I can give shout outs to anyone who might have got it. <laughs> Uh, correct. Now, uh, when the quiz is going on, obviously you, you'll want to know if you're right or if you're wrong. So I've got a couple of buzzers to say if you are right or wrong. Uh, I think it's probably obvious uh, what you're going to hear if you're right. On the board. Another point on the board there from uh, Nathan Miller. And if you're wrong, I've gone to our technical director, Andy Scott. The habit has got to stop. And we've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. There we go. I'm going to be using that. I didn't hear the correct one, by the way. I don't know if others uh, did. That's all right. I wouldn't worry too much about it, Ben, because you're very unlikely to hear it throughout the rest of the quiz anyway. Oh, on the board? Yeah, do you hear it? It's very quiet. It's just, it's just Nathan saying another point on the board. So if you don't hear it, I will uh, I will point out that it's right. But anyway, so uh, we're going to dive straight in then. So um, the first question goes to the McGrandinho Ho-Hos, uh, which is Ben and Lewis. Uh, and it's based on uh, this year, this season so far. Um, it's, like I say, start off quite easy. Uh, and then maybe get progressively harder as it goes on. So this one is for Ben and Lewis. Uh, how many games have we lost at home in the league this season? Oh. Well, it's just supposed to be the easy one. Do we talk to each other? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Bolton we with us. Bolton. Port Vale. Port Vale. And Bristol Rovers. They're the ones I can remember. Yeah. I can't think. I can't think of any more. I can't think of any more than that. Which sounds mental. But no, I, can't I think. think... More than that. Right, so let's let, let's go for your final answer, lads. Or we're going to be here all night. All right, we'll have to go with three then. Yeah, three. On the board. Another point on the board. You are correct. So yeah, we've I'm lost on. three games at home this season. Bristol Rovers, uh, Port Vale, uh, and Bolton. So yeah, we've not not got the worst uh, record in terms of losing games uh, at home. Uh, this season. So, right, the next question is for the Elfie May appreciators. Um, who scored our first away goal this season and who was it against? And this is in all competitions. So that's for Tom and for Mark, who scored our first goal this season and who was it against away from home? I will point out that Andrew uh, was correct with the free home defeat. So, congratulations to Andrew. Michael was not close with 11 but close, maybe a little bit close. So, how, uh, who scored um, our first away goal this season? And so, all competitions, all competitions, yeah? Yeah. So, I think, Mark, Carnu? I might look like an idiot here, but I think it was Carnu at Newport, because I think I researched yeah, this no, earlier. I was going to say Carnu at Newport. So, yeah, let's go with that. That was very early, wasn't it? And on the ball. Congratulations, yeah, very, very, uh, very well done. It was Dan Carnu who scored our first away goal. Uh, of the season, uh, that was in the uh, cup defeat at Newport County. We won it up at halftime in that game, the glory days when we thought, you know, we'd won off, we'd uh, won our first game, we won it up. We, we thought, thought we were going to be excellent this season. Uh, so yeah, a couple of people got it right in the chat. Well done to Dan, who guessed uh, Carnu away at Newport. Andrew and Robert at uh, Sam are in there as well. Congratulations uh, with that one. Right on to round two. This is for Ben and Lewis because I can't say your team name. Uh, this is. Uh, an interesting question. Who has been subbed on the most times in the league for us this season? So who has been introduced from the bench the most times for us this season? Flipper now. Subbed in. Say someone like Chucks, maybe, but... I don't think he's played enough. Um, Simway's been on quite a bit. Oh, yeah, that's a good shot. Did these get passed across, Lou? 
Um, no. No. You boys been doing research, probably no. Subbed on. Subbed on. Louis Watson maybe subbed on a bit. Yeah, he's starting a lot though at the at the start. Yeah. I'd say like Chuck either Chuck's Miles or a Simway. Because like they've Miles is a good shout, actually. Miles is Miles is a good shout. Right, I'm going to have to push you for your final answer. You decide, Lewis. You decide. Miles, Lee, Ben. Habit has got to stop. We've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. Andy's got... Yeah, I'm afraid it was uh, Tyrese Campbell uh, who's been subbed on nine times uh, in the... Uh, in the league so far this season. So actually no one in, in the uh, chat guessed correctly either. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tyrese Campbell's been subbed on uh, nine times this season. So very similar question uh, for the Elfie May appreciators. Who's been subbed off the amount of times uh, in the league this season? Corey? Who, who plays on the other wing? It's got to be a winger or midfielder and it's not Dobson, right? Yeah. And who else played with Dobson if it wasn't Fraser? It wasn't Fraser, May and Watson, wasn't it? Fraser, May, Watson, Campbell and um, Karoy Anderson. Oh, I forgot about Karoy. Yeah. See, this is what this quiz he does. At the start of the season, he had quite a lot. Your first thought was Corey, yeah? Wingers usually do, don't Corey. they? That's the thing. And he's played pretty much every game. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember seeing him finish a lot of games you know what i mean yeah i agree and i usually have him in a bet and then he gets subbed off so yeah yeah let's go with that let's go with Corey. on the board there we go i'm hoping you're hearing that but that was another point uh on the board for the elfie may uh appreciators it was indeed Corey blackett taylor who's been subbed off uh eight times uh this season in league one right we're going to head over to our first audio question uh, the first audio round, these are goals scored by Charlton players. I'm going to play you the commentary uh, by Terry Smith. Obviously, I've uh, beeped out some of the uh, important information. So as we go into round three, Elfie may appreciate it as a 2-1 up, by the way. They've got two correct. McGrandinho Ho-Ho has only got one correct. So this is for the first team, McGrandinho Ho-Ho-Ho. Um, this is goal A. Let us know who scored this goal and who it was against. Across to... On the right-hand side, thinks about a shot, takes it! Oh! What a finish from... Blackett Taylor, cut in on the right. He thought he might offload with another stunner that he did the other night. Instead, teed up... Touched it to his right and unleashed an unstoppable strike beyond... And the Addicts have a two-goal cushion. I know yeah, I know that thing. one. Yeah, oh. it's Campbell against Reading. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought he was going to shoot and then he passed it across. Yeah, excellent, excellent choice. It was Tyrese's, uh, Tyrese Campbell's absolute stunner uh, against Reading uh, at the Valley. So that brings you back onto level terms 2-2. But the Elfie May appreciators do have uh, a question in hand. Uh, this is goal B. Again, I want to know who scored it and who it was against. By the way, I keep forgetting to say congratulations. Quite a few people got that one correct in the chat. Uh, I think Richard Paul's in there. Andrew got it. Uh, Dan Bro got it. Um, yeah, there's some correct answers in that. So well done. Right. Yeah, this is this is goal B. This is for the uh, Elfie May appreciators. Let us know who scored this goal for the Addicts and who it was against. And touchline sends Louis Watson away ahead of him. 
Watson reverses it back into Can he get it under control? He can drill. Let's go! Oh, and he scored! Drilled it through the goalkeeper. Who I think was expecting the cross shot. It went through the keeper and into the net. And the addicts have equalised. So there we go. Who do you reckon scored that goal, Mark and Tom? Pick anyone, Mark. Anyone who <laughs> scored a goal for us against any club that we might. Have have to, yeah, you have to get the club as well, otherwise you can't just guess. Okay, um, it's just going to be very so unlikely it, to get it right. The thing is, it says the equaliser, so I would say possibly that's. Um... So it's definitely not George Dobson against Orient. So I, I know who it's not, <laughs> but apart um, from that. You know what we said earlier, Tom, that the answer is one of three people. Yeah. I think it's Blackett-Taylor against Blackpool. Because that was the equaliser. I didn't even know we played him. Oh, yeah. When uh, (laughs) Thingy, Alfie uh, Alfie Morgan played that game, didn't he? Yeah. Gave us a goal. Yeah. Yeah, if you like. Yeah, if you like. Blackett-Taylor against Blackpool. Habit has got to stop. We've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. You are bang wrong, and Andy Scott is not impressed with your loser mentality. That was Alfie May uh, equalising for the Addicts uh, away at Portsmouth. Um, scored from a very tight angle, which is why uh, Tell said uh, that he thought the goalkeeper was, was perhaps expecting uh, a cross. So Snuffles got it right. Um, Alan, got, Alan's put Portsmouth, so he's, he's, I think, got it right there. Paul, Paul got the goal scorer right. Uh, Jake uh, guessed the goal scorer but the wrong game he guessed it is against Oxford so there we go three rounds in uh, and it's 2-2 both teams have got uh, one uh, question correct uh, uh, sorry two questions correct and one question wrong right we're on to the uh, the Charlie Kirk round um, you know try not to get too emotional chats but Magrandinho ho ho uh, your first Charlie Kirk question is this who did Charlie score his first Charlton goal against and what was the score in that game I think I oh I have a feeling. He, I have a feeling he didn't score in his first season. I have a feeling he scored. I'm th- the one I'm thinking in my head is is the Plymouth five one last year because I remember him coming on and scoring. But he may have scored before that. I don't know. I, I reckon that might have been his only goal before those two against Burn. That's what so I'm thinking. That's yeah. what you think. Then, I can't remember him scoring when he first came that. in. Then he got loaned. Then he got loaned to Blackpool. Then he came back, and Plymouth was really early in the season. So, yeah. friendlies don't count. Robert in the chat, by the way. Mark, oh, yeah. Are you happy with that, Ben? You no, know, yeah. I didn't even remember him scoring in that game. So, yeah, go with it. Five-one Plymouth. Not saying you're wrong, but go with it. So you're going for the five-one against Plymouth? Think so. Let's go for it. And on the ball. Correct. It's another yes. point uh, on the board. Jerry's first goal was in his second season. Uh, yeah, and it was in that game uh, where we beat Plymouth 5-1 at the Valley. So, McGrand, Enio, Ho-Ho, take a 3-2 lead at this point. Um, for Mark and Tom, the Elfie may appreciate as your Charlie Kirk question. Charlie's debut was in a 2-1 loss away at Milton Keynes Dons, who scored Charlton's goal that day. When? On his debut. No, when was it? What year? Uh, well, uh, roughly the, about a week after we signed him. Oh, I don't know when that was. Which was so it was under it was under Nigel Atkins a couple of years ago. Two one defeat at Milton Keynes. I'm Give remember waiting for you in the Turkish restaurant afterwards outside the. Oh uh, yeah, I, I gave you a lift home, didn't I, Ben? 
Well, and we spoke the entire way home about the goal scorer of uh, Charlton's goal in Charlie Kirk's debut, but we so received Simon Church that. then in that case. <laughs> Uh, come, on, come on, Mark. You're not you're not adding much to the conversation here. There's a few I'm, people I'm... in the chat have got it already. Don't look at that. Oh, I've got it saying? now. I've got yeah. it now. I know this because me and Ben did fans bar for it. So who did we have then? Would that have been the Stockley era? Would he have been up front for us under Agkins? Yeah, but you said it was unlike. We're saying it's an unlikely scorer. So and? one of the one of the fullbacks. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I was just going to go striker because it was. I, I don't think who else played up front back, for us under him. Yeah. Was Perrington still playing for us? No, surely he'd gone by them. Going to have to start rushing you guys. Have a 15 was only seconds. Like two years ago, right? Oh, it seemed like a lifetime, mate. I don't know. So um, well, maybe Connor Washington was around then, but that wouldn't have been unlikely. Right, five seconds. We need a guess. Was Deji playing for us? Lou's friend. I think Stockley. I'm say Stockley. Okay, Stockley. He's the only striker I can think of. Correct, yeah. I don't know why Mark <laughs> said we thought it was an unlikely goal scorer. It was Jaden Stockley headed us into a 1-0 lead uh, before we went on to lose uh, that game. Right, we're now on to the Michael Appleton round. Um, I was looking at the questions from when we did the quiz last year and we had... Uh, and uh, Anthony Hayes round because he was the caretaker boss at the time. But Michael Appleton is actually a permanent boss. Um, you know, especially judging by the amount of time he's been here already under under, under our sort of uh, history. <laughs> so he's done really well. Um, so yeah, this is the Michael Appleton round. Uh, this one is for McGrand Inioho. So it's free free as we enter uh, round number five. Uh, Michael Appleton, which club did he he make the most league appearances for in his career? Wow. Um... I thought you were going to say, how much does he bench press or something like that? <laughs> how much is his Stone yeah, Island jacket? Come on, that would have been better. It's either Preston uh, or West Brom, isn't it? West, did he, I did think he play West Brom. I'm, I have no clue, mate. So I'm, or whatever you guess, I'll go with. Uh, did he? Did he ever play for Oxford? A... I feel like I feel like Oxford treat him like a bit of a hero, but I don't know if that was just from his manager. I thought I thought with Oxford, it was just where he managed well. I thought it's because then he he went into a coach at West Brom. That's what yeah, I'm thinking sense. with West Brom. Mate, I'm happy with um, West Brom. If you he are. got a bad injury, didn't he? Yeah, we'll go West Brom, Lou. Habit has got to stop. We've got to start having oh, a mentality that means that we can win. Yeah, Ben, you um, you should have gone with your second answer, which was uh, which was Preston, where he made a hundred. 21 appearances he did yeah he did play at West Brom but his career ended at West Brom I think uh, when, when he had an injury so uh, yeah he missed out so you missed a chance to go ahead uh, the Michael Appleton round question for the Elfie May appreciators uh, and I'll give you one year's grace either side how old is he Ooh, what a lovely question yeah because we had the same question for Anthony Hayes last year and no one knew did we it was so it, it was well only one website had a guess so we went with that but this one is I'd be saying mid 40s probably yeah cuz yeah, he's, he's managed he's, what he's managed Blackpool Lincoln Blackburn Portsmouth has he maybe yeah so Let, allowing West for at least two two of them so two, two years, years each. each at like seven clubs is 14 years if he retires 
Well, if he went straight into coaching role from retirement. I was going to say, for this, for this logic to work, you need to know what age he started managing. <laughs> well, no, because Ben said he went from West Brom playing straight into managing. So that would have been quite late. So maybe mid, I don't know, let's say 33. So that put so him at 46. 47. Go for 47. It's the year we won the cup. And that's seven, that's seven clubs two years each. So that would yeah. be 14. 47. Well, I have to say, your logic was absolutely flawless. Uh, it's another point on the body. He's 48 years old. Oh, so I said I'd oh. allow a year's grace either way. So, that's well done. Bad. Well, so at the halfway point, is that the halfway point? No, in fact, that's, uh, yeah, that's five That's five questions in. Uh, and I've got it as, uh, yeah, five, four free uh, to the Elfie May appreciators over at Grandi Eni Ho Ho Ho's, which is uh, the most confusing name we've ever had uh, on this quiz. Right, uh, Round number six is another audio round. Um, at this stage, you will be hearing some post-match comments uh, from the aforementioned Michael Appleton. Uh, I've bleeped out again a couple of details if necessary, uh, but you need to tell me which game he is talking about here, and they both can be in either league uh, or cup. Um, so the first one from McGrandinio, ho ho. Uh, what game is Michael Appleton speaking about here? Yeah, um, but only because of how well we played. Uh, at times um, especially I suppose in the second half we were a hell of a lot more threat in the final third in the second half albeit you know in that first half we had some decent opportunities um, but yeah listen we've conceded a goal which has ultimately made us all frustrated uh, and everyone will concentrate on that goal that we conceded but for me it should be more looking at the opportunities that we sort of wasted so there we go. Jake says we won't be able to work it out. He just spends too much time moaning about the ref <laughs> too frequently. But yeah, so um, McGrandinioho, can you work out what game Mickey Apples was talking about there? It feels it feels like it's one where the Oppo have scored late because that'll be what people are speaking about. So Cambridge recently we conceded late on, didn't we? The pen, but that's that that was harsh. I don't know if it'd be that. Well, I thought it sounded like a low-scoring thing because he just spoke about how we conceded a bad goal and we should have yeah. taken our chances. Was it the Carl... Well, I was going to say the Carlisle game, maybe, but it wasn't that bad of a goal to concede, was it? Well, it was bad. Yeah, if you're saying they're talking about... People will talk about the goal we conceded. The goal we conceded. I mean, Stevenage Ice had stood there and that was his first game. Yeah. Uh, Cray. I'm going to have to start pushing you guys soon. Another 15 seconds. Oh, that's tough. I don't think it's Cray. I don't think we've won hearing his voice like that. So, yeah, maybe go Carlisle, maybe? What do you think? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy. Five seconds. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that, mate. I have no idea. Uh, we'll go Carlisle then, Luke. On the ball. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, you're yes, right. Ben. And there was a few very good guesses in the chat there as well. Dudley uh, got it. Um, yeah, Paul got it. Jake got it uh, as well. So well done to you guys. So that brings you back onto level terms. It's 4-4. Although uh, the Elfie May appreciators have to tell me uh, what game Michael Appleton is speaking about here. Well, the performance was poor, but reality is that, you know, the result's the most important thing. And... Um... You know, we uh, we didn't do enough to win the game. You know, it was um, poor start from us, and I didn't particularly get 
that much better. We had a couple of opportunities early doors. Obviously, Alfie had the one from the corner, but um, after that, it became really difficult. So there we go. Which game uh, do we think that Michael Appleton was speaking about in that little clip? Uh, that's for the LP Mayor appreciators, Mark and Tom. You need this to take the lead. Could be any of them, couldn't it? The, well, the one I'm thinking of, Bolton, we started badly, right? We conceded too early on. Yeah. And we've clearly lost the game. And I can't think... We haven't lost many under him, right? Lincoln? Yeah, we lost there. Um, have we lost Lincoln any others? Or, Lincoln or Bolton? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. You you pick. You go. Lincoln. Habit has got to stop and we've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. Bolton? No, it was Gillingham away. Gillingham away in the ah, FA Gillingham. Cup. So oh. I'm afraid uh, I'm afraid you've uh, got that one wrong. So the score is four each uh, after six questions for either side. Right, the next couple of rounds uh uh, sort of uh, just it's, it's one or the other basically they're both 50-50 questions so good chance here to six and points uh, on the board they're both about this season as well the first one for McGrandini oh ho ho um, who has made more league starts for us this season Terrell Thomas or Tyo Eden oh God, do you know I, what I'd I reckon Terrell there yeah I reckon Thomas as well because Tyo was injured for that spell and Thomas had to play left back and then he started and now he's playing at centre-back. And now he's playing centre-back. And he played left-back at the start when Tao first came in and was getting fit. So, I, I, yeah, I think I think Terrell. Yeah, we'll go Terrell, Lou. On the board. Correct. It's another point uh, on the board for you guys. There was only one appearance in it. Uh, Terrell was started 11 games and Tao was started 10. Uh, very similar question. Uh, for the Elfie May appreciators who are trailing by five points to four uh, in the quiz now. Again, there's only one uh, one appearance or one start uh, in it. Who's made more league starts out of Karoy Anderson and Nathan Asimwe? I'd go Anderson. Because Asimwe, I can't remember having a big run in. And when um, what's his face came in at right back, he didn't really get a yeah. sniff. But then Karoy's not really done much since he got his call up. I don't know oh. if he's played. Does this count in cup as well, Lou? League, league starts only. League, league starts. only. Anderson had a few at the start, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had quite. A, in the beginning, he had about five or six in a row. I mean, they both did. That's the problem. They both. They yeah. both played what the first two or three games. Can have to push you. We're 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 running out of time. We'll go Karoy because Mark's first thought was Karoy. Oh. Habit has got to stop. We've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. Safe. I'm afraid your losing mentality has cost you big. There, uh, Nathan has started. Eight, eight league games and uh, Karoy uh, has only uh, started seven. Right, sort of a similar question as we get into round eight with the McGrandini Ho-Hos uh, leading by five points to four. Again, it's 50-50. Uh, who has played more league minutes for us uh, this season? Mika Mbik or Dialing Jayasimi? Is this... Did you say league? Did you say league? League... League minutes for Charlton this, this season. This season, yeah, it's got to be. I, I don't, I don't think DJ played the league at all this season. I reckon it's in big. 
No, I remember he came on in a game where we didn't have many players before the window. Um, and I, met, yeah, I remember, because I watched the game, I wasn't there. Uh, I think it was a Port Vale game. I remember him coming on. Uh, I reckon this might be a trick question from Louis as well. Do you know what I mean? I don't I I really, I Bic, can't remember DJ playing. He's, you gotta, you've got to remember, and Bix come on in the cup as well. Yeah. And where he come on on Saturday. And, and he came on the Saturday come on before. Come on at Cambridge, it, yeah. Yeah, I reckon DJ came on in one game when we were losing. Yeah, I'd say DJ. Is that your final answer? Yeah, uh, go on, mate. Yeah, because I think the other one was cut from him, Bix, so... On the ball? Correct. It, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, there wasn't yeah. much in it. So DJ uh, Ben was bang right. He came on for the final eighteen minutes of the Port Vale game, at the start of the season. Um, I think Mika's come on twice from the bench, but it only adds up to nine minutes. So DJ has played more uh, league minutes. So you take a six-four lead. Um, there's still three questions left for the Elfie May appreciators. Uh, you've only got two questions left. Very similar question uh, for Elfie May appreciators. Who has played more league minutes? For us this season, Charlie Kirk or Deji Eleraway? God's sake. It's got to be Deji. As it, I was going to say it's got to be Kirk, but <laughs> I'm phoning this quiz in now. It's got to be one it, of the two, definitely. I just don't think, can't even remember Kirk in league games. Yeah, but don't forget that doesn't mean he wasn't playing. That just means we can't remember it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that means he was definitely playing. <laughs> yeah, he might have played every minute. He did 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, I don't remember. De- I thought Deji was on loan. So. No, because no, he's one, he's, he's come back and. and um, oh, bless him. Yeah. He's, he's back and he's. I remember him playing, he was playing right back. I'm going to have to push you guys. Deji. Oh, no. I'll be saying Kurt. Well, what's your final answer? Quick. Is that it? No, go with Mark. Then I can blame him when we we get it wrong. So you're going with Deji? Yeah. Correct. Oh, I didn't even make the noise that time, but you are correct. Yeah, Deji. Eleraway has played 42 minutes. Uh, this season, whilst uh, Charlie Kirk has only played 20. So that makes it very interesting. Uh, with two questions left to go each, um, Grandini Ojos have six. Elfie May appreciators have five. We're into our final audio round now. This is always probably the most difficult. Um, someone has scored a goal against us. Uh, I've cut out the uh, the name of the goal scorer. You need to tell me, definitely you have to tell me the team they're scoring for. Uh, I'll be very impressed if you get the name of the player as well. But who scored this goal against Charlton Athletic? Oh, to let the ball bounce and it comes the way of Who's through on goal? Opportunity. The second. The mistake by Michael Hector. Let the ball bounce and was able to run through. Two goals in quick succession. They've turned this game around. And Charlton have to come from behind now. So there we go. That's what he meant. And, uh, well, Ben, ben and Lewis, what are you saying? Yeah, I think it, I think that it was Paul Vale. Yeah, I remember them. I remember that Hector mistake. I think it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Paul Vale. Final no answer? On the, 
No idea on the scorer. Though, oh, but, yeah. we got to guess the goal scorer. No, nah, I won't go too harsh on the scorers because I, I can. Like, Tom's struggling to uh, remember our players this week, so I know one Port Vale player because my mate keeps going on. About Chuck his him. name out there, but he Chuck his name know. in. Uh, he's South African. I can't remember his name. No, now. it's not him. He come from, Wim- he come from um, AFC Wimbledon. Oh, that might be him on the weekend. I didn't know he was South African. Just sent me a picture but, on the group chat saying, yeah. he's doing I mean, well. Ben, it's quite, it's, quite, it's quite a big claim to say I know one player and then not know his name. But anyway, oh. you're right. It's Port Vale. So Is it's another Chislet? point on the board. Yeah, name? Ethan Chislett. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, right. Yeah. So, well, that oh, puts uh, McGrandy and Ho Ho's into a 7 5 lead. Uh, there's still two questions to go, though, from the Elf. You may appreciate it. So you have to get uh, the team that scored this goal correct. Hector, it's been robbed in the area, and he scores. And once again, defensive frailties cost Charlton. When we've been on the front foot, been in the ascendancy, gift the ball to the visiting side, pounces. So, which team scored that goal against us, Mark and Tom? And went 2-0 up. Yeah, I'll leave a little clue in there for you, don't I? Huh? I'll leave a little clue in there for you. A couple I mean, of people yeah, in the You're doing all you can, it, right? Mate. You're doing all yeah. you can. Loads of people got the Vale one correct, by the way. Yeah. Well done to the likes of Andrew and Dan and Sam and, and Paul and Robert. Paul was two, Adam. Tom. Bolton was two. Yeah, we guessed Bolton already, but I can't remember if we got that right or wrong. So I don't know if that makes any difference. I can't think of a, of a Bolton goals against us, to be quite honest. Neither can I. You need this to stay in the quiz, lads. Don't let yourselves yeah, down. Yeah, right. Don't remind me. <laughs> I think uh, Blackpool rings a bell. Yeah, the we used it earlier and it wasn't right. So let's problem use it is this the time. Michael Appleton commentary is moaning about a performance. So that's every week. And this one's a defensive mistake. And that's every week. So what are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, but that, Blackpool, that, we would definitely tune down. Hector's mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I think Blackpool. Blackpool. Please. Final answer. Yeah. Correct. Why is it not making the noise anymore? So, yeah, another point on the board. Well, that is massive as well. That gives you a fighting chance going into the final round. So, that makes it 7-6 to McGrand, Eni, oh, Ho-Ho's. Oh, playoff final all over yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're trying, well, don't keep it this way. But we've got... Right, so this is the last round, and this is your Charlton history round. Um, so, I can't decide which one... Would be, oh, I'll, I'll just go with McGrand, Eni, Ho-Ho's first. So, if you get this right, you've won the quiz. Um, what is the name? So, Charlton have obviously had, I think, eight grounds... Uh, in total, I'm not asking you the name of the current one. That's a bit easy. Um, uh, but yeah, well done to. Oh, I've got to, again. Forgot to say, well done to Jake who got the Dembele goal scorer correct for for Blackpool as well as um, Karo, Karomo Karo, Karamoko Dembele scored that. I thought it'd be funny to put the two Hector mistakes in to try and confuse you. Um, but yeah, um, so we've had eight eight grounds. Ben and Lewis, what was the name that of the ground that Charlton had in Catford? This is for the win. Oh. This is where you separate the absolute losers like myself from people who just have a passing interest in Charlton Athletic. Um, cool, Mark could have got this one. I think he was there. He was there. He was there. Yeah, he was ball boy. <laughs> oh, if this is how hard. If this is how hard these questions are, I wouldn't worry about getting yours right, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling. Oh, someone, someone in the someone in the chat has got it. Good for, good for them. Good for them. Um. <laughs> I can't oh. even think. 
I only think I keep going through my head is like something like Siemens Meadow or something like that, but that's something random. Jesus. What year are we right, talking about? Come here? on then, guys. Yeah, this is this is oh, ages ago, oh, isn't it? I think you I think you're talking the twenties maybe off the top of my head. Um but yeah, there's oh, a few good guesses coming in the chat. Can I phone this a friend? Is, no, sorry, call, is... Can I phone a friend and call Terry Smith? Yeah. He uh he helped he helped design the uh, plans for the ground. <laughs> yeah, I can't even guess. You know, yeah, no, I wouldn't no, my history's good as Cut well. Right. Not on this. So you've got five yeah. seconds to give me any answer. Siemens Meadow. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the only thing I can stop, think of. We've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. <laughs> I think Siemens Meadow was a good guess. I'm fairly confident it's one of our other grounds, but unfortunately, you are you are wrong. It's the Mount, uh, which was at Catford. So yeah, fair play to Snuffles. He was the first one. Yeah, they named it after Mason Mount. Yeah, Robert uh, got it, as did Murray as well. So this opens up for the Elfie May appreciators the chance to get back onto level terms. They're seven six behind. Well. Mark strikes me as a history buff because he has lived through vast swathes of it. Can you tell me, Charlton's record attendance at the Valley was achieved in an FA Cup game, 75,031 in 1938. Who were we playing against? And it's not a trick question about the Who concerts. Who were we playing against in the FA Cup for our record I attendance? Actually know this. I actually know this one because I've I seen like it so many times. I know this well, one. Well, the, the, the best way to prove you know it, Tom, is to say it. Matt, Mark, do you think you know? Mark's on mute if he is talking. so we... That's no. not helpful for no, me, Mark. No. Oh, yeah. okay. So Mark, I don't know why I think... It. I don't know why I think this, but I think it might be Aston Villa. And that's just... I'm sh- a bit like Ben. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. So are we going to go for your final answer? This to level Wait, up the Mark, quiz? If Mark no, doesn't no. know, and I've got nothing I, else... I, I doesn't. I'm sure, so you're gonna say Villa. Final I'm sure I've seen Villa somewhere. Yeah, please. Final answer. On the ball. Unbelievable. They've saved it right at the end, which means we now have to go through the rigmarole of doing the tiebreaker. So congratulations. That makes it 7-7 right at the very end of this quiz. So now we go into the tiebreaker, and we're going to try and do this as quickly as possible. So guys, get your mobile phones out. You're going to have to text each other in your team groups about this uh we'll, we'll do a bit of chatting uh with, with the uh, listeners while you're waiting for this and you will literally have one minute to get this right um so i want to know what our average attendance uh, has been in league one this season according to transfer market at home so our average home attendance this season you need to text me a five digit number in your groups within the next minute is okay, that so the would... fake attendance that they put out Yep, yeah, it's the, uh, the the announced the announced attendance. Yeah, so I want to know okay. what our average attendance this year is, and let's have all your guesses uh, in the chat as well. And it has to be an exact number; it can't just be a number with a K at the end, um, Michael. Although, yeah. So to be fair, there's some really good guesses going in there. So uh, I need you guys to send me your messages within the next um, thirty seconds or so, and then we'll let you know who comes out. On top, I've, I've got it in Excel to try and work out who will be closest. Um, it's amazing how often we end up with a tiebreaker every year. So there's some really good guesses going in uh, in the chat. Don't forget, this is our last show of Charlton Live of 2023. We're not going to be back until 2024. So savor every last minute of me filling the air whilst the guys text each other to try and guess what the uh, attendance is. So um, Mark and Tom, if you've got a fight, can you put a final number in your chat, please? 
and in the other chat as well. So I need a final number going in now, please. You got another five seconds. Mark is what's your final number? Yeah. Right, so Tom and Mark have put in a number which I will type into the chat. There the elf you may appreciate this, yep. And Ben and Lewis, what's your final number? Please, you need to put it within the next five seconds or I'm going to take the last number you've put in there. Right, so you've gone for that one. Okay, so the final attendances have been given. Magrandini ho-ho-hos have gone for 12,230. Close. <laughs> the Elfie May appreciators have gone for 11,811. So between the two guesses, there's only 419 between the two guesses. But one of them is closer. And the correct answer is 13,436. So Charlie the, the, the winners, the winners <sighs> of the uh, competition are Magrandini Ho Ho Ho, who are out by 1,206. Elfie may appreciate us oh, well, are out by 1,625. Uh, technically, we're closer to the actual attendance, though. So do we get a point yeah. for that? Yeah, no, you don't, I'm afraid. You are the losers <laughs> of the quiz. You've let yourselves down, as you do uh, all the time. But yeah, some really good guesses in the chat. So yeah, congratulations, McGrandini Ojos. Win the yeah, quiz man. on the tiebreaker by eight points to seven. Lads, how does it feel, Ben? Lewis, are you, I mean, are you, out, are you out to celebrate now? Oh, mate, 2024, year of McGrandles. Come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's only going to spur him on now. Hopefully he's watching this tonight. Mark, you take great pride in winning these quizzes. How does it feel to be on the losing side? Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've won with everybody apart from Ben. So it's, uh, you know, it happens. Yeah, well, you can't blame Ben this time, I'm afraid. You're going to have to blame Tom uh, for for your, your, your losing mentality that you suffer well, from too long. Just a reminder. We've seen... Um, yeah. I think we did really good to get seven. Let's just, Mark, let's just have I've a quick reminder. Just let's just have a quick reminder of your losing mentality. We've got to start having a mentality that means that we can win. All those excuses we've just heard, I don't think fit in with what Andy Scott's asking for there. Right, we've come to the end of the uh, quiz here. Jake said there's been some poor refereeing in that. I mean, I mean that's, take it up with the PGMOL. You know, that's not my problem now. I can't blame VAR for this one. But yeah, we've got, we've, we've come to the end uh, of the show. Um, yeah, like I say, this is our last show of uh, 2023. We're going to have a break over Christmas. We'll be back shortly after the game on the we'll probably be back the first thursday of, of uh 2024 where, where we'll catch up with what's happened over the christmas break so yeah just want to say a quick uh merry christmas to everyone who's tuned in throughout 2023 massive thank you uh, to everyone who has joined us i hope you've enjoyed uh, the christmas quiz uh, we really appreciate all your kind messages uh, in the chat as well um and we've appreciated your company uh, over the course of the year massive thank you to everyone who's joined us on the screen this evening good to see you chaps merry christmas one and all merry christmas everyone merry christmas, merry christmas everyone good to speak to you all so so we have got our end of year montage to play you out which i'm gonna uh, play in a few moments time just a reminder of some of our favorite uh, moments uh, so far of uh, 2023 uh, 24 but just for me then uh, louis mendes say massive uh, thank you for listening merry christmas i uh, hope you all have a, a good time with your families over the last uh, the next couple of weeks hope you enjoy the football over the festive period it's an important time for us hopefully we can pick up some big points and of course when we come back the january transfer window will be open as well so plenty to talk about uh, when we come back but thanks for listening to charlton live sponsored by the british institute of kitchen bedroom and bathroom installation we shall see you again next year Clucky Taylor, four in the box, ball across, yeah. it's tapped home! Oh.
and it's the skipper, George Thompson, the first goal of the season. Corey Blackett Taylor in the 91st minute steps forward and scores. Charlie Level. Back across, tennis with a goal. What a finish! What a move! Charlton back in front. Blackett Taylor on his uh, left foot. Can he get wrap his foot round it? Oh, what a finish that is! Corey Blackett Taylor. Levan in the box takes a shot. Oh, what a finish! What a finish in front of the cover end from Miles Levan. Levan, no, but Alfie Mays there, and he slams it into the roof of the net for Charlton's fourth. A lovely touch by Trucksonega. They take it past Casey. He's isolated a little bit. Mays trying to make it up in the penalty area. Can he find him? Alfie May gets one back for Charlton. Blackett Taylor. He's better. Shot! What a finish from Blackett Taylor! That's outstanding. To his left, crosses towards Anika. Wonderful cross. Maurice Campbell on the right-hand side thinks about a shot. Takes it off. What a finish! Cross for Alfie May. Charlton get a third to the penalty area. Miles Levan scores in front of the cover end once more. Watson reverses it back into May. Can he get it under control? He can drill it. Oh, oh he scored! Alfie May has drilled it through the goalkeeper. Who I think was expecting the cross shot. It went through the keeper and into the net. And the addicts have equalised. McGrandles is there, gets a header in near post, and he scores! Conor McGrandles has equalised for John! Alfie mate steps forward. Drills it home! Charlton do have a second. They might divert into Blackett Taylor's path. Can he finish Corey Blackett Taylor? Yes, he can! The addicts have the equaliser! This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 